the blast from our past network. Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! Nothing for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Card Ride, a Seinfeld podcast. We are two super fans giving you every single episode of Seinfeld back to back to back to back to back because we love Seinfeld, you love Seinfeld. Who wouldn't love Seinfeld? Who wouldn't love Seinfeld? <laughs> I'm Adam. <laughs> I'm Corey, and I love Seinfeld. He's right. And today's episode, we are going to be talking The Outing, season four, episode 16. It first aired on February 11th, 1993. Corey, my man, could you please give us the synopsis? Of course, the outing. Jerry and George are mistakenly outed by a reporter. They try to squash the rumor that they are gay. Not that there's anything wrong with that. And by the way, it's it's written so like they try to squash the rumor that they are gay, colon, not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> Better okay. to read it than to actually yeah. say it out loud, I guess, on this yes. summary. <laughs> right. Well, maybe we'll get it a little bit better as we go through the scene breakdown. And per usual, we have a stand-up, this one on birthdays. <laughs> yeah, dude, birthdays. Jerry goes, uh, I don't know about you, but I'm getting sick of pretending to be excited every time it's somebody's birthday. He's like, you know what I mean? He's like, what's the what's the big deal? <laughs> How many times do we have to celebrate that someone was born? Every year, over and over and over. All you did was not die for 12 months. He's like, that's all you've done as far as I can tell. Now, those astrology things where they tell you all the people that have the same birthday as you, it's always uh, an odd group of people, isn't it? It's like Ed Asner, Muhammad Ali, and Secretary. And it's kind of like sort of ends like that. I, I liked the beginning and then kind of that second. Yeah, like the, the calling out the names is the same birthday. I thought that was I got that thought that fell kind of flat. But the first yeah. part of like it was very what's the deal with birthdays? Kinda, <laughs> yeah. All we're doing is celebrating you not dying. <laughs> yeah. Made sense. So. All right. Let's get into the episode. Uh, we start off in a car and George is trying to break up with someone. Um, and she starts off pretty heavy with, uh, I don't want to live anymore. And know. just, you know, how she, uh, wants to, she can't, she can't go on without George, that kind of stuff, which is, seems like a shocker. Even to George is pleading like, no, you don't need me. I'm nothing. I'm pathetic. <laughs> I so know. True. Even, even George is surprised by her response to this. He's like, you can, you can like throw a pin out of a window and, and hit somebody better than me around here. It's like, there's <laughs> everywhere yeah. you go. And then my only note is, uh, you know, George is not wrong. No, he's not. Not at all. Uh, we cut to Monks, and we see George and Elaine there, and he says that he couldn't really go through with the breakup um, because, you know, he just felt too much pressure from her, that kind of thing. Uh, Jerry's on the phone in the back trying to talk, you know, to this uh, New, uh, NYU, New York University reporter who's apparently going to he's going to do a piece with her. He's trying to get a hold of her. He can't. Said they were going to meet up in Monks, but anyway, so they, they're kind of not crossing paths. Ah, uh, the, the 1993, <laughs> when there were no cell phones. Again, most of these storylines could actually be fixed with cell phones. Yeah, yeah, this the, <laughs> this huge misunderstanding could easily just gone through, like, you know, if you had a text. Um, and here, that's it, like, <laughs> one text. Well, well even, even more so to that, uh, she probably would have, uh, you know, researched his his profile. She would have gone on Facebook and checked him out, you know, yeah. all this kind of stuff. It's just, yeah, it, it's, it's, guys and gals, if you're, if you're younger than 30, it was a different time. Yeah, it was. 
Uh, apparently, we find out that Jerry's birthday is coming up. And uh, while they're kind of just talking in the booth, they um, they see that there's a, a female or Elaine sees that there's a female behind George and Jerry who's kind of eavesdropping. And so she starts playing at George and Jerry that they're a gay couple. And George and Jerry kind of play with it. You know, they're trying to mess with the season drop. Well, actually, I mean, honestly, like George went along with it faster yeah. than Jerry did. And I, this is another, we, we've had a personality thing with George where we thought mm-hmm. like, you know what, that maybe wouldn't have been his response. Um, and I kind of felt like that would have been sort of here too, but uh, I liked it. I liked that he went along with it. I liked that he didn't have any problems, you know, when it was a joke, when it becomes yes, real, that, then he the freaks out. Yeah, exactly. When he, I mean, I think he fits pretty much much in character because he's trying to mess with somebody he knows it's a joke but when it does it no longer seems like a joke he then he freaks out so yeah yeah um, and, and, and even yeah. jerry in this scene is kind of like george what are you doing and mm-hmm. i love how he's like he's like you know i can just picture you in uh berlin goose stepping past me saying yeah. saying uh go along go along jerry yeah. from the peer pressure yeah i'm just yeah. trying to do it so uh it's funny i also like the line that he he calls that which is a reoccurring line in the show um, where he says, you know, I'm single, I'm clean, I'm neat. A lot of people think I'm gay, and so that that's something that kind of keeps coming back throughout the episode. Yeah. Oh, it's no, it's uh, it's single in your 30s and neat. Yeah. And I think thing. his was thin too, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah there's thing. a lot of they, they kind of like mix it between different stuff. Yeah. But. They kind of throw in a little bit of different adjectives in there, but yeah, it's the most the the principle is there. Yep. Um, we then find out, just the audience finds this out that the person sitting behind them, she goes to the phone. And she calls Jerry asking to, hey, Jerry, I was late. I couldn't, didn't see you. Or I, I didn't know how to find you or whatever. I guess we missed each other. So we as an audience find out before the rest of them that she was the NYU reporter. Right. And we also find out that she obviously thinks that they are gay from their conversation. Right. And as far as like the pantheon of, of, Female love interests, which I guess she could fall under that category later in the episode. Um, I've actually always been very attractive, attracted mm-hmm. to this young lady here. And uh, sadly, I, I don't know her name off the top of my head as I'm trying to pull it up. But if you do want to see her nude, you watch Californication. She's in that. What? <laughs> Corey, you're a creeper. You are a creepy, <laughs> creepy man. <laughs> uh, I don't know where that came from. But um, yeah, she's she's very attractive. But yeah, I... I um, she doesn't last past this episode, to my knowledge, so... No, yeah, no, no she doesn't. And her name is uh, Paula Marshall. Paula Marshall, okay. It, so she hasn't really done much of anything after this show, then. Well, Cal- Californication Oh, wait, well, <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Again, she, she like, did something that I mention, you remember her from. <laughs> she's also... Apparently, she was also on uh, Modern Family and uh, on that show 911. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Which was her popular enough. Yeah. So, okay. All right. So now we cut back to Jerry's apartment. We get a nice little conversation. Random. They have tons of random conversations, you know, in this show, like all the time, especially when they cut to a new scene. They're usually just like talking about random stuff in this time. They're talking about uh, if George was a porn star, he would have the name Buck Naked, which (laughs) I mean, it's a good one. It's a good one. Exactly. Yeah, it's classic. Um, Yep. The uh, NYU reporter comes up uh, to just do the interview there and George is obviously in in the place as well. And so she, you know, she, her with her quote unquote knowledge, what she thinks is true. um, She's just like, just, there's some subtle things that are coming across as if like, you know, she 
believes that they are a couple. And Jerry is kind of like slowly picking up on it. And I well, really I mean, enjoy uh, enjoy that. I, I, I mean, she does believe that they're a couple because yes. she knew that going yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. But I love how they play it where it, the conversation that George and Jerry have here, it's such a fantastic scene, but the conversation they have, if you we were watching it through the lens of her, because every time George says something or whatever, that it could be misconstrued, it cuts back to her reaction. So we're like watching it from her point of view. And it is such a great scene because like George and Jerry are actually behaving like George and Jerry normally do that. We understand it, but we're watching it through her lens. And uh, it's, it's, I think it's funny. I think it's well done. No, it's very well done. I actually very much appreciate it too, because yeah, us as an audience are, are having those kind of like tinted glasses of like, Oh, we know that what she knows or what she thinks is going on. And so it seems extra heightened gay basically. Yeah. To, yeah. to put it in, in where I don't know how else to put it, but um, so it, it's, I think I think the humor on this particular scene is is fantastic. Yeah, and so. and another factor that I really enjoy is like Jerry slowly putting it together, just kind of like looking at George, mm-hmm. looking at her. He's like he's answering the questions like honestly and truthfully, and he's like, why are they getting like like spun a little bit, you know? And yeah. he's like, I just I like him. It's it's fun. It's fun to watch him sort of trying to figure it out because his facial expressions are funny. Yes, they are. Um, so, but when he does figure it out, they freak out and, you know, they say, no, we're not gay. And then they get a line, the most, you know, probably repeated line from this episode. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Right. So, so famously some behind the scenes information for this episode, um, it did win a glad award, um, Mm -hmm. but they were almost not going to film it because, uh, at the table read, the first table read that they had, it, it, it didn't feel right. It was not good. And, um, the exec even like proposed that maybe they take it off, you know, out of the rotation, just dump the script basically. But I I think, uh, Jerry and Larry, they, they knew something was there. They just didn't know how to come come across it and jerry saw some like i forgot who it was i think it was the director uh says Mm -hmm. something like not that there's anything wrong with that like he just said it and jerry goes that's it that's how we do it and then him and larry kind of developed the script with the whole not that there's anything wrong with that and then jason alexander even said that that before they filmed it jerry took him to the side and he's like look i know on paper how this sounds but he he's like this is how you have to deliver the line you have to say it like this and you have to do the whole cross thing and he's like and he's like if we if it's what we do every single time it will make basically it'll it'll be how this thing will work and you know what they were right and it could it made it satirical but at the same time it allowed them to address these issues yeah absolutely um i want to call it i like the line george trying to kind of defend himself my father's gay saying stuff like that which one we know is not not quite true but his uh father-in-law He's yeah. Gay. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, almost, almost father-in-law, and I, I also really love the line. You want to have sex with me? You want to have sex with me right now? And we'll do it. <laughs> trying to, trying to just you know defend himself, prove that you know he's home, uh, that he's heterosexual. I, I will say, I will say this: the only part that made me wince just a little bit was that when she went to leave the apartment, Jerry moved to the left and George moved to the right to sort of cut her off. And I was like, that plays, uh, that plays just a smidge creepy, knowing that she's in her. Apartment. Huh. But, but, but again, I didn't, knowing, I didn't notice that. But that's a good, good call out. 
and, and it's only because, I mean, that was just the best way to structure the shot and everything, but I was like, ooh, that looks a little bit... But, you know, again, it's us knowing that George and Jerry are completely harmless, that yeah. you just don't even think about that. I just... It was just more of like a more of like a 2020 Me Too lens, mm-hmm. you know, that I noticed yeah. that through. Fair enough. Um, I do want to call it... I love... Kramer comes in at perfect timing talking about wanting to have a steam. You know, he doesn't want to sit there naked by himself. <laughs> no, so perfect. It's perfect. It uh, later, Jerry's talking with Elaine at his place about the whole situation. Uh, Kramer comes in uh, with a birthday present for him, and he got him a two-line phone, mm. which is what we heard Elaine was getting him uh, earlier from the scene in Monks. And he tries it out, um, calls Kramer with it, and... Then uh, he gets a call from the reporter and Kramer, you know, just kind of hangs up. Uh, and then he gets a call again, another one on the other line, gets a call from George. And while he has the reporter on hold, he tells George that she's not, she told him he's not, she's not going to do the, that angle um, for the, for the uh, piece. And he makes a very poorly timed joke. I guess we fooled her. <laughs> Which is like. I mean, I got that joke. Like, I would, you know what I mean? Like, I would have said the same thing to George, you know? Like, I, I feel like that was so perfect. But the fact that it, it gets misconstrued is why mm-hmm. it is perfect. But it's it works yeah. because that's exactly what a guy would say to his, you know what I mean? Like, Adam, yeah. it's what I would say to you if the same if we were in that situation. Yeah, uh, I think fair enough. It just uh, works against their favor at this yep. point. But um, <laughs> Insert so, foot in mouth. <laughs> yep. And exactly the issue here, George could hear when he went back to her at one point trying to talk to her and and whatnot. So he could hear her. He calls Kramer back. They get confirmation that, oh, man, the phone sucks. You could hear each other on the other line. And so so they go to the the realization that she must have heard the, oh, guess we fooled her. And so, crap, she's going to run that article. And just the way the back and forth is written, the way it's shot, the way it's acted – I love this little section right here. The whole uh, Kramer, your phone's a piece of crap. Bye. You know, yeah. like the whole like back well, and forth and, and this and they're that. All, and- they're all in panic. Jerry and George are in panic mode and they are very funny when they're in panic mode. Yes. We've, we've talked about it multiple times. I know I've said it. I love high pitched Jerry panic mm-hmm. and it just, but it is just was so well written. It was just so good. So, so good. Yep. Um, I'd say a little less good. Uh, Elaine has this coat that she doesn't want to take off, and she wants to go try to explain the situation to the NYU person, so she goes over to see her. And we get a very fast cut then to Monks. And um, Elaine, all again, doesn't want to take off her coat. She's very aggressive about the coat. I have no idea. what Did I miss like a, a particular explanation about the coat? <laughs> Buddy, my note is... Why doesn't Elaine want to take off the coat? <laughs> and and I and at first I thought, oh, is is Julie Louise Dreyfus pregnant? Uh, like, did they film this at a different mm-hmm. time? I thought maybe it was her, cover, her covering up a pregnancy thing uh, for the character. Not you know you know what I mean. Um, but uh, but then she takes it off later. So I it was built to be part of the gag as a whole later on. But it, it was there was no build up to it, and I don't think it was a well sort of constructed gag. Yeah, yeah, and, and and I understand part of Elaine's character being as stubborn as she is sometimes, and if someone says, oh, take your coat off, she's going to be like, fuck you, no, I don't want to take my coat off, and then she's going to vehemently go against that coat coming off, yeah. but it just it just seemed weird, it seemed like it was kind of forced into there. 
just just to create some kind of tension between Elaine and and then uh, it, the the woman for some. Yeah, reason. it's 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 almost like one of those actor things. It's like they need she needed something to do, something to, mm-hmm. or even just a reason to be. I guess in this episode, although without the coat, she would have been fine. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. <laughs> The coat is pretty unnecessary. Yeah, but. unnecessary, I think, is, uh, is the ultimate, uh, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, at Monk still, uh, George gives Jerry his birthday present, which was uh, some tickets to Guys and Dolls, which is obviously a musical, <laughs> and musical theater kind of goes in with gay culture and, and things like that. So it's just kind of fair, funny. Jerry is kind of like, eh, he's... He's off a little bit from it right now, but and Elaine got him but, the collected but wait, works. But George, of, hmm. but George says it's guys and dolls, not guys <laughs> yeah. and guys. <laughs> very true, but it is still uh, it's very humorous. As well as Elaine got him the collected works of Bette Midler, and Bette Midler also is a favorite star of gay culture. Yeah, and Jerry is just kind of realizing. Wow, he kind of comes across this game. He's trying to hide this right now, and he's just like, well, okay, whatever. Yeah. He's just like, I, 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 why'd you give me that? That kind of thing. And and two things. One, he he says Laney, which which we've Laney. said before. Love I love Laney. I love Laney. it when he says that. But uh, another behind the scenes thing is because um the the writer I forgot his name off the top of my head. Uh, Chabron. No, that's the the director. Um, no, uh, the writer of this episode was Larry Charles. Yeah, so Larry Charles. Um, yeah, Tom Sharones was the director. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I always get the kind of the two reversed. Uh, Larry Charles talked about. Um, so they put this this episode in this season because. Jerry, it's it's basically true. Like uh, people mm-hmm. would a- ask Larry Charles and stuff. So is Jerry gay? And Larry Charles is like, I don't think so. I I don't know. But you know, you know what I mean. And he's like, I don't mm-hmm. think so. And, and but so this whole episode was meta in that sense. Okay, huh? I like it. All right. Uh, so then they see some people kind of looking at him, kind of pointing, and they have the New York Post, and apparently Jerry's been outed. <laughs> and I love his line. He's got a great line here. You you want to call it out? <laughs> you no, you call it out. Buddy. Okay, all right. Well, he says, "I've been outed. I've never even been in." <laughs> and of course, he's talking referring to the closet. Um, and then again, another. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Which is funny because he's not. I mean, technically, he's not mad about the fact that they think he's gay. They're mad about the fact that he outed him, which which I think is actually says more positivity towards his character. Do you know what I mean? Because he's not he's not ultimately that upset that 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 they I mean, he is upset that they think he's gay, but he's but he's more upset that they that they outed him without him. You know, like he knows that that was wrong. Like even if he and if he was gay, he knows that that would have been wrong for them to do as well. So I kind of just I think it works because and this all and this this of course comes from two you know straight white males trying to Mm -hmm. interpret you know uh, stuff. But I I think it works because he's kind of siding with a person that would be outed. Do do you know what I mean? Am, Am I making any sense here? Like he, 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 yes, he's upset that he's being, that people think he's gay, but I think he's also upset about the fact that outing somebody without them outing themselves is inappropriate. I guess I, I didn't get that connection that he was upset about that. I just, I just okay. got the connection that he was kind of upset that, you know, this whole misunderstanding basically. I might be looking too much into it, but yeah. I mean, either way, I think it was handled well. I think the mm-hmm. whole episode's handled well. Yeah. 
and that's why it won an, won the a Glad Award. Absolutely. Yes, and I was gonna yeah, and, and you know again, uh, this, saying that it was handled well is, is a straight male saying that, but uh, you know the fact that it did win a Glad Award can yeah, at least yeah that proves it. <laughs> well, yeah, that, well exactly. that at least that helps uh, much exactly. more than exactly. than what you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, at Jerry's apartment, they're kind of going over the article. Kramer come comes in and he's all confused. He's all hurt because he feels that they kept the secret. Love it. Love that he just kind of goes with it immediately. Yeah, and, and he's he's not upset that Jerry and George are gay. He's yeah. just upset that like, why didn't you guys tell me? Like, you know, like and again, that's another thing that I like about it. Yes, exactly. It's never a bad thing. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah, they don't uh, treat they don't yeah, I, all right so just going back i guess it's not like they're treating being gay as being bad it's like they're treating the outing factor as being the bad factor which mm-hmm. is because it wasn't it's not your choice to out somebody else it's it's their choice you know yeah fair enough um all right uh jerry then gets like, like a call from his mother and it's just funny a quick scene of them just you know oh my god uh george kind of freaks out about his mom as well <laughs> we, we get a cut to the seinfelds we get to see the seinfelds in florida just kind of on the phone morty being kind of i don't know that uh ignorant dad uh where he kind of like this is these are those uh what are the, what can he remember those pair of shorts that he says he blames it on this is because you bought him those shorts uh, back cool, at cool lots i wrote that cool i wrote lots. it down cool lots <laughs> <laughs> um but before we jump into that i will say that uh one i liked because george answered jerry's phone and mm-hmm. and and i like the look on his face when he realizes that it's it's you know mrs seinfeld yeah. because he's known Jerry's parents since they were kids mm-hmm. and, and as somebody who's like you know I've known my best friend Luke since uh, second grade so like I've known his parents my entire life and uh, it's just like I like the look on his face he's like oh Mrs. Seinfeld you know and it's like <laughs> it's just it's just it, it meant something to him because the Seinfelds mean something to him and I like yep. that I like I like these little little proofs like these little things that show you that they've been friends for like freaking 20 years their entire lives basically and then finally I will say that um that that we we kind of glossed over when Kramer was like uh uh you know when he made the the comment about mm-hmm. being Jerry being whatever and then Jerry's like well so are you and then Kramer just gets his mind blown about the fact about that being about being thin and uh in his, in his 30s, 30s yeah. single in his 30s yeah <laughs> yeah so, yeah, yeah. yeah Jerry didn't use the neat one for him he used the thin no. 30s and, and single exactly uh all right so George, we got to cut to him. He's back at the hospital because when his mom read the newspaper, she fell. And so now I guess she's back, you know, in traction. Um, a funny line. She says, I don't even know you anymore. You could be making porn for all I know. A nice little <laughs> call back to buck naked. That yeah. same thing. Yeah. Um, and then in my opinion, we just get the perfect callback to the episode, the contest where the same kind of situation, but there were, Two attractive females mm-hmm. getting a sponge bath, but now the other person in the sales room is a guy, and it's a male nurse. Mm-hmm. And so he's now having this whole sexualized thing, and George is so uncomfortable and kind of confused right now. But this this bit is perfect long form humor that really rewards the consistent watching of Seinfeld, and I love it. Yes, dude. Yes. And and we've talked about it before. I'm so happy that they didn't put like a previously on at the beginning of this. They were Mm -hmm. just like, you know what? You'll the the, the scene is funny as it is because you understand it. But if you've seen the previous scene that was like five or 10 episodes ago, then then it's even better. And I loved the scene. I thought it was hilarious. Interestingly enough, 
when they filmed this scene in front of the audience, Estelle Harris could not be there. So they filmed it. So I guess, and, and it kind of leads me into understanding a little bit more about um, uh, sitcom filming, but they basically, and, and they have it on the behind the scenes, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Fran Drescher s- sat in for Estelle Harris. Uh, so they actually <laughs> had the scene filmed and everything. Um, uh, Fran Drescher is, is like holding the script, you know, and, mm-hmm. and really it's not for any shot other than the laugh track and then if you watch that take and then you watch the scene with Estelle Harris there is one spot where uh, the crowd laughs and Fran Drescher pauses for the crowd's laughter but when his when Estelle Harris did it because there was no pause in the script she does not pause and they have to just kind of keep the the laugh track going and she sort of talks over the laugh track a little bit yeah. and I only found it all fascinating with how they pieced together the laugh track and everything so they filmed that scene with with Jason Alexander and and the you know the nurse and Estelle Harris mm-hmm. they filmed it on a separate day without a studio audience and then, but they needed that that master shot of mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, Fran Drescher filling in. So I was like, oh, that's I found that to be very fascinating. Mm-hmm. But they are on the behind the scenes that I watched. That's on the DVD, but you can find it on YouTube. They show the entire Fran Drescher scene, which is interesting just to watch it. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I might have checked that out. And I assume it's just because, you know, the nanny or something, she was probably yeah. just around this, you know, the, yeah. at the studios and it's like, hey, Fran Drescher, you doing anything tonight? Come on over here. Yeah, probably. That's very cool. All right. At Monk's, Jerry, Elaine and George are there. Um, they're just kind of talking about random stuff, you know, with this whole situation. A military guy approaches them and he basically tells Jerry, hey, I appreciate you, um, you know, being, you know, you, you outing yourself and he wants to do the same, even if it means getting a discharge. Yeah. So we get a little clap here. And this is one of the few times that you actually see some kind of political commentary in Seinfeld. You don't get that much in Seinfeld. Honestly, they kind of just stick to their own world and they don't really dive into legit political commentary. Yeah. Um, but so this was a time uh, where, you know, and before this, where a homosexuality was heavily frowned upon in you know when it was seen in the military. Yeah, this was this was before the institution of don't ask, don't tell. Yeah, um, which was a whole thing of like just like don't say your sexuality, we don't want to hear your sexuality, that kind of stuff. It was it was not don't ask, don't tell was not a, a particular. I wouldn't call it a good um, method, but it was kind of a baby step, um, like a very tiny baby step into accepting gays in the military where it's just like hey you're allowed in here let's just not talk about it um and then and then things have have gotten a little bit more open and it's like who gives a crap but um but there was a time before that when it was outright disliked you know in the military and this was this was in that area this was in that era and and like you said they don't get very political but this was them sort of trying to put something positive forward and i mean i remember this era man i i was Mm -hmm. you know like 13 or something i remember all of that stuff on the news uh you know gays not being allowed in the military and everything i'm like i was like what why like i mean i I never had the desire to join the Mm -hmm. military but i mean if you do don't uh, i don't know that's i never made any sense to me but at the same time yeah uh, you know, being upset at somebody for, I don't know, none of it I makes sense. Like racism do- doesn't make sense to me. This doesn't make sense to me, but whatever. If, you if know. anybody, if anybody wants to join the military to, you know, die for this country and to, you know, give their lives and, and, and do whatever, you know, for that, for our all, for everybody's yeah. well-being, I don't care who you are, what you are, what you believe in, what you don't believe in anything. 
I'll, I'll, I appreciate you for doing that. I, I appreciate you and I support you. Yes. And at the same time, I do think our military budget is uh, super inflated and should be cut down quite a bit. But that's a whole nother discussion. <laughs> a- We're not a political <laughs> podcast, but I just I just wanted to throw that in there. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure. OK. All right. Jerry uh, wants to pass on guys and dolls. And he's like, uh, this is a little too it's getting a little too uncomfortable for him. And George is all upset, you know, because he doesn't he doesn't want to. Uh, you know, he, That's his present to him. Um, and they're, he's getting very heated right yeah. now, actually. He's getting overtly heated, and it seems like a, like a couple's quarrel. The manager comes out, which I don't think we've seen the manager before this, did we? I don't think we've seen him before this, and I don't think he's the manager. I think he's the cook in the back, but we do. Well, he's, yeah, he's wearing a cook chef, but like I feel yeah. like he's the manager. Because he, he comes out it. as like, yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah Um, but, but moving forward... We see him. He becomes a more a, a semi regular sort of uh, uh, fixture there. I will say this: when he does sort of lean in and sort of yell at them, they did the worst shot of his close up, where he's like turning his head to look at George, and so you only mm-hmm. see the side of his head, but he has an earring in his ear. So I was like, are they trying to show off I think the so. earring? But they're not. It was just a bad what? shot. Okay, I took it. I took it that they were trying to emphasize his earring, and I was like. Are they trying to show off that he has an earring and maybe emphasize that maybe he's gay as well? I yeah. don't, that's what I thought it was. And and by the way, when I remember that that time frame, I had my ears, my one of my ears pierced, and it was my my left ear. But I think See, that was supposed to be an indicator, maybe. I know, man. I heard that shit too. And I know. I'm sure it's all bullshit. Know. But I heard the same thing that oh, if you, if you have a, a earring pierced just in your left, then that means you're you know it's a straight it's the straight pierce piercing. But if you have oh. one in just your right, oh, then it's okay. a then it's a gay piercing, I, which is all crap. Yeah. Who the fuck cares what piercing? And I don't think that's the thing. But like, what? I, I, that's my only thought is that they were emphasizing he had his ear pierced, and that might mean he's gay. I don't know. Yeah, I I took it as it was a bad shot, and they should have yeah, used another enough. one. Uh, and just so you know, uh, his name is Lawrence Mandley, and he's credited as manager. So fuck. Oh, you. good. <laughs> <laughs> well, and just so you know, I'm gonna pretend he's the owner. I'm gonna pretend okay. he's monk. <laughs> that's that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Hey everybody, Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host Dean. Oh, hey, hey, Tim. Dean. Uh, This isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then, thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time. Talking Back. Why This Film Podcast looks back at the movies of your childhood. Join me, Emily Slade, each week as I step back in time to revisit the films that you grew up with. Maybe you haven't seen it for a while. Maybe you've watched it every day since you were eight. Maybe you totally forgot it existed. Whatever the movie, I'm here to go back with you through nostalgia untold and memories unnumbered. Together, we'll ask, why this film? Hello, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week, we are giving you a blast from our past. 
We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late-night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. Hey, this is Brent. And I'm Eric. And we are part of the Friday Five Podcast. Yes, sir. We cover everything from the 80s to today. We absolutely do. You can find us every other Friday on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. Like iTunes? Like Stitcher. Oh, man. Maybe a little Spotify. Hey, and also check us out on Instagram. Absolutely. So come hang out. I think you'll have a lot of fun, and we will see you there. Yeah, bring your Proton Pack and your Ecto Cooler. And maybe some McNugget Bugs. And now, back to the show. Uh, George then realizes that he can use the article to end the relationship that we saw at the very beginning of this woman who he was trying to close things out. He kind of comes to that realization. And so he goes to do that. She doesn't believe it. You know, she wants, she says, basically, I want to hear it from Jerry. I don't believe you. This is all BS. Mm-hmm. So uh, we then cut up to Jerry's apartment. And Jerry is making out with the uh, NYU reporter. Which is interesting because the NYU reporter mentioned that she had a, a boyfriend. And oh, did she? When she was interviewing George and Jerry, she goes, oh, I fight like oh, that or with my boyfriend yes. or something. And yes, I was like, she did say that. Yeah. And I was like, huh, huh. But you know what? She's in college. You know, I'm sure she was like, oh, I'm going to hook up with a, a famous comedian. <laughs> that's no, Why not? That's for, if we have anybody in college listening to this podcast, that's not an excuse. Just because you're in college doesn't mean you can start – Making out and cheating on uh, your partner. You are correct there, buddy. I do not condone cheating at all. (laughs) Okay. But um, we get a nice little uh, Superman reference where because she is a reporter, he says – you know, oh, you know, yeah, you remind me, or she, you remind me of Lois Lane, which is great. She's a she's a brunette and she's a reporter, so yep. yes, yep. Nice and then we're gonna get a bigger Lois Lane storyline with the race, uh, years from oh, now. Oh yeah, yeah, well, yeah, way later. So, um, but uh, George then came comes in and now he's faking being shocked, faking being uh, homosexual in, in a couple with Jerry, and you know he's trying, still tr- really trying to get out of the relationship, and I love that George is really trying to be so touchy on Jerry. He's like trying to like, you know, pet him and, and Jerry's just kind of like fucking pushing him away. Just being all frantic. Like, what are you doing? Get away from me. Yeah, Jerry. I wrote down Jerry freaking out is great. I love it. Yeah, it really is. Um, and then, you know, the, the NYU person leaves cause she's kind of, this is, this is too weird for her. Uh, and then we get one more buck naked reference. It's kind of like a hail Mary for George to try and, you know, get out of this relationship saying, you know, no, I'm a, I'm actually a porn star. My name is buck naked. 
um, to try and offend her to get dumped, and it doesn't. Yeah. I was gonna say it, it seemed to actually entice her more. Yes. Yeah, she got she got into it, <laughs> and I was like, at this point, George, well, what are you mad about, buddy? <laughs> I, I know she's she's not unattractive. No, she's an she's, attractive person, yeah, and for, she is into him. Yeah, uh, but you know what? Uh, I mean, that is a line that he says next, yeah. early on when they're into me. I'm not into them. Well, that, that's gonna come up on the next episode. Oh shoot, that's funny. That's actually funny that uh, <laughs> yeah. that I thought of that. Okay. Good call. Good yep. call. All right. Uh, Kramer comes in and he's got an attractive guy with him. And it's like, wait, what's going on? Is he, is he coming to the realization that, you know, we're, Jerry and, and the whole audience are thinking, well, cause Jerry called him out and maybe he's gay. And now is he, is he actually, is, you know, is, is he coming to that realization? And he, he comes back and says, he's the phone guy to, <laughs> to try and fix the phone. Honestly, um, honestly, I wish they kind of left it a bit more uh, ambiguous. I have no problem with the idea of Kramer uh, experimenting, uh, Kramer dabbling. I, he, of anyone, he yeah. seems like the one that would be like, I'll give anything a shot type of thing, see how yeah, it is. He could, he could be bisexual, he could be pansexual, he yeah. could be whatever. I, I could totally see Kramer down that line. Um but but they didn't leave it that way. Yeah, He's, you know. I think we that, that would have been a little bit. St- I do think that that would have been a little bit of a hard sell. But yeah. like, as someone, so and I only say that because like, I'm watching Future Man right now on Hulu, and one of the characters mm-hmm. is extremely masculine and everything, but he's also extremely open and kind of pansexual mm-hmm. and stuff. And I was like, and it all kind of works. And I just, I don't know. I watched it and I'm like with Kramer, I was like, I feel like they kind of missed an opportunity there, but I don't think that they could have like, that would have even gotten past yeah. it. So, you know? Society, society was still just, just working on yeah. just gay or straight. Yeah. And they really haven't, you know, it's been much more recent that even pansexual was a word that I even heard of. Right. Honestly, yes. and, and, and or you know, bisexual became much more accepted and things like that. So, yeah, um, yeah it's just it's probably a little too early for that to be uh, a thing. So, uh, but then Kramer ends with uh, you know, okay, that he's just a phone guy, and then he comes back. Not that there's anything wrong with that, and so he gets the little final little bit of that line that has been reoccurring throughout the episode. And then we get a stand up on being uh, thin, single and neat. <laughs> and the whole, what the whole episode is based on uh, Jerry's uh, again, this is from Jerry's point of view. Uh, I'm not gay. I am, however, thin, single and neat. Sometimes uh, when someone is thin, single and neat, people assume that they are gay because that is the stereotype. They normally don't think of, of gay people as fat, sloppy and married. Although I'm sure there are. I don't want to <laughs> perpetuate the stereotype. Um, I, I kind of wish he dropped the married part i wish he's mm. you know what i mean um yeah but uh but he goes uh although i'm sure there are i don't want to perpetuate the stereotype i'm sure there are mo- minority uh though within the gay community they're probably discriminated against because of that because people say to them you know joe i enjoy being gay with you but i think that it's about time you know that you got in shape tucked in the shirt and lost the wife again it would have been funny without the married thing because that's a whole different kind of conversation about being in the closet, but I liked just talking about the stereotypes. Um, but if uh, but if people are even going to assume this, um, he's like, hold on a second, um, but if people are even going to assume that people that are neat are gay, maybe instead of doing this, uh, you know, Joe, uh, you know, I think Joe might be a little, well, he, well, he kind of waves his hand back and forth, mm-hmm. kind of does a, a visual motion. He goes, uh, they should, they should, you know, uh, Joe might be vroom, vroom, vrooming, vacuuming. He makes like a vacuuming noise. He goes, he goes, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I got a feeling he's a little vroom. 
it kind of sputtered out at the end and you did yeah. need the, the visual things to go with. I just think he should have dropped the whole married aspect of his uh, analysis, I guess. And I think it would have been funnier. I totally agree. Yeah. How about you start us off with your thoughts on the outing? Yeah, man. Um, I love this episode. I, I think I love it because it's fun. I love it because I think it's sharply written. I think it's well written, but I also love it because I think that it's it's a positive step forward in in the the gay rights movement. And I say I think because again, all of this is mm-hmm. viewed through a lens of a of a, of a straight white male. Um, but like we said, it did win an it did win a Glad Award. So I'm I'm hoping that it it this episode actually did help things and and push things forward. But Aside from that, I lo- I just love it. I love the, the, the flow of it. I love the, the pacing of it. I think it's a very fast-paced episode. I think it's, a, it's, it's very well-written. It's just, it's a tight episode. It's not perfect. The Elaine jacket thing was a weird, like, sort of a thread that didn't go anywhere. It sort of did, but we sort of even glossed over it uh, uh, when, when our, yeah. on our breakdown. It just, it really didn't lead to anything. Um, and the stand-up bits... You know they weren't the strongest that I've ever seen, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna have to give this one a uh, uh, four out of five outings. Okay, very similar in with you. This episode kind of surprised me at how much I liked it because I at first and when it first came on, I was like, okay, I I didn't remember exactly what the outing was because a lot of times you get the the. Um, the name, and you're like, okay, I remember what that, what that is or whatnot. And so I, I just couldn't remember, like, well, what, the, what is the outing referring to? And then even, like, the first couple seconds of the show, I was like, well, what, wait a minute, which episode is this? And then it hit me, like, oh, okay, this is the not that, not that there's anything wrong with that episode. And then everything in the writing just seemed to be firing on all cylinders, other than the jacket stuff and other than some of the stand-up. I agree with both of those comments. Um, but everything else, I love the callback of the buck, na- buck naked. I absolutely adore the callback of from the contest and all that kind of stuff as well as just there was the fast-paced stuff from the phone there was just the franticness of jerry later on as well with george like their dynamic was great on this episode um so i really really pleased with this episode Riz was really pleased with it and so i ended up giving it a 4.5 out of five two-way phones nice nice yeah, yeah. dude i I guess it was also because Elaine just didn't have that much to do this episode that I just kind of wish there was something more or more or just better for her to do. Uh, fair as enough. Well. Yeah, but but it yeah. was so good, man. Like there, this there's is the definitely writing that room we for like. improvement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. This is definitely the writing I like. There is some room for improvement, but overall, yeah, we're both very pleased with this one. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, it's oh man, it's so good. I just. Man, even now, like you could almost edit it for where Kramer doesn't come back in and say he's the cable guy. And, you know, I think yeah. it would be better. But, yeah, it's I, I feel like that was a missed opportunity, kind of knocked it down. Although I, I do get it. I do understand. Why. If you edited out that he's the cable, that he's the, the phone guy, would you leave in his not that there's anything wrong with that? Yes, I would, would have you, him. If it, yep. He'd would, walk in and say. Yeah. And think, then so you'd be like, huh. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I, I honestly think that that's better. And you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if they thought that as well. And then you know the execs were mm-hmm. like, "We we just can't." You know, it just it like in this day and age in 1993, it just doesn't work. Like maybe in 2020, it'll work. And yeah. you know what? And guess what, guys? It will work. So yeah. I, I, I'm just glad that they made this episode, and I'm glad that it exists. Um, I'm glad that it was good. I'm glad that it still held up. To be truthful with you. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and right. you know what does hold up? Mm-hmm. Oh, the blast from our past. <laughs> I was going to do the exact same segue, <laughs> but for you, my man. I beat you, buddy. <laughs> you did. Well, you're right. The Blast from Our Past podcast is an awesome podcast that everybody here should be listening to because that's where you can find me when I'm not talking on Cartwright. Um, and then also I do with, uh, so I do that podcast with my brother and we talk all things nostalgia, whether it's movie, TV shows, albums, and then our own top tens, a bunch of stuff. Um, a lot of fun. And then we do a trivia episode or trivia podcast as well called throwback trivia takedown. If you enjoy trivia at all, I think it's good for you. Cause it's not just pop culture trivia. I mean, it's, it is pop culture trivia, but our trivia questions have actually some, some difficultness to them. I feel that there's some difficulty to them so anyway they're both great podcasts but i don't know if they hold a candle to podcasting after dark i don't know you gotta tell me (laughs) thank you thank you um and speaking of podcasts after dark real quick uh zach and i were just on throwback trivia takedown we just recorded it i should say yeah uh, this this will come out before that episode it'll be it'll be dropping in what a few few weeks uh, or so um yeah probably probably well i'd say probably about a month or four to six yeah let's say over a month from now okay well so be on the lookout for that one Zach and I had a ton of fun. It's a it's a great podcast to be on and a great podcast to listen to. But uh, like Adam said, uh, Zach and I do a podcast called Podcasting After Dark, where we tackle the movies, the cult movies from the seventies, eighties, and nineties, uh, stuff like Night of the Comet and the stuff. And uh, but we also it's not just horror movies. We also do The Adventures of Ford Fairlane, <laughs> nineteen ninety. <Yeah. laughs> Some other weird and comedy and cult. I mean, yeah. If there's a movie you haven't heard of they've heard of it and they're watching it and they're talking about <laughs> exactly. it exactly and if you like blast from our past or cartwright it's the same vibe whereas we break mm-hmm. down the movie and go through it and and comment and talk about it and everything and uh i do like to joke that uh podcast after dark is the dark shadow of blast from our past <laughs> yeah yeah i could absolutely it's like it's like the yeah the uh the nega version, yeah. if you will. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, and if you like what we do, obviously, uh, check out our pal Tess on the ongoing comic book discussion mm-hmm. podcast. Check out our pal Emily on Why This Film. Check out uh, Brent and Eric on Friday Five. And tre- check out Tim and Dean on uh, Talking Back. Yeah, there's quite a bit of variety on the BFOP network. That's right, the BFOP network. <laughs> That's right. And you can, you can find any of that kind of stuff on www.com. Oh, sorry, not www.com. www.bfopnetwork.com. And you can find out about all of us and uh, and, and get links to all of our stuff. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you for that uh, that plug, Adam. And, uh, and if you guys are new to the show and you are looking for our first couple of seasons, our entire back catalog can be found on Patreon for just $1 a month. And that unlocks every single episode. What a deal! <laughs> what a deal! What's the deal with Patreon? Um, but uh, not only that, not only the catalog, but you also get the shows ad-free. And um, usually I-, I get the shows up there about uh, two or three days before mm-hmm. they drop on uh, the, the free feed. So if you want to listen early, there you go. And, uh, and you know, times are tight. Uh, you know, I-, I don't think a dollar is too much to ask, but... We do understand times are tight, and uh, and we appreciate all the love and support you guys give. A free way to uh, support the show is to leave a five-star review on mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts. That's still the most popular podcatcher out there, although Spotify is uh, r- yeah. rising up the ranks pretty but quickly. But uh, Apple Podcasts is still at least the biggest review yeah. podcast. Like that's, that's the place to review and, and where a lot of people go to find new stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, check that out. 
So thank you guys for all the reviews that we have on there and keep them coming. And for Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, I'm Corey. And I'm Adam. And next week we're going to be talking about the old man. (laughs) Yeah. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it.